Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Annalise, and I'm your host here at The Heavy Corner. Before I jump into the episode, this is just a quick heads up to say that this podcast has an explicit rating, because sometimes I swear like a sailor. This means that it will be restricted in some countries on iTunes and on other podcast players. So if any of your mates can't find it and they do want to have a listen, please tell them to head to my website, www.theheavycorner.com, where you can also read the transcript. Late last year, I had a chat with Kane Kressel from The Amenta, and I'm super excited to be sharing this with you now. We had a few tech goblins, so I am using a shitty headset rather than the new mic which you're hearing now. Just a quick word of warning, if you're planning to listen to this episode during a meal, you may want to reconsider that. You'll find out why soon enough. So we met back when I was photographing Utopia Records' Metal for the Masses gig back in 2010, and I didn't know a whole lot about you guys then. It was the first time I'd seen the band with you um, as the singer, and I was down in this photographer's pit, and you were giving me the most intense energy that I legitimately thought you were going to break my camera. (laughs) I was just standing there as like an early 20-something just being shit scared of photographing you because of this energy that just raw, pure emotion that came from the stage. And I wasn't quite sure if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but I was rolling with it. And it was absolutely hilarious because you came up to me after the show and were just like, oh, I saw you down in the pit. You know, did you get some great photos? And you were just like the sweetest thing. And you were so polite and kind. And I was just like, okay, you weren't going to kill me. My apologies. Fabulous. I think we ended up going to the townie that night and having a bunch of drinks with like a shit ton of people. It was so much fun. But I think that's the kind of the first question that I wanted to start with is about that dynamic that you share, like you specifically share with the photographers, with the audience, and just sort of talking about what, what that connection is like for you. I think largely it just comes down to the fact that I'm a massive fan and have always been a massive fan. And I've just never lost that. I've always held on to that excitement about those connections. And, um, you know, when I see a band that I never thought I'd have the chance to see and um, get to just kind of stand there and absorb everything that they're doing and really appreciate all the different elements of what they put into their show, um, I guess when I'm playing, I'm kind of it's almost like I'm, I'm sort of playing to myself in the audience uh, if that makes sense I'm not sure if that's kind of the best way to word yeah, it but absolutely. I think you get what I'm where I'm coming from um, just recognizing the important the, 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 the significance of both sides of that equation um, it is it is incredibly important and every every one of those connections, is is important to me um and that's one of the things that keeps me doing what i do is is just um the excitement about those connections so um yeah it's really sad that we haven't had much of an option to um make those connections in the last sort of eight years or so um we had one opportunity to do that in Tasmania at Dark Mofo earlier this year and it was just a flash in the pan and there's no saying when um, the opportunity will present itself for us to, to really get back out there. So fingers crossed. So you've got a really close relationship with your fans online and you're quite active on social media. So what's it like being able to have that direct and immediate online engagement? Uh, it's it's. Fantastic. I love uh, being able to have that kind of live call and response thing going with, you know, the bits and pieces that we put out and getting immediate feedback of how's this resonating with with you, how's this resonating with you and just getting the wide variety of different feelings about different things and it's always very different and then you'll notice certain things where there's crossover and you kind of go oh shit okay we're onto something here this is kind of cool um and often it's a surprise um things that you weren't really um banking on having a huge much of an impact at all necessarily and then getting a kind of really positive response and going wow okay there's must be a blind spot there because i did not expect that to go quite so well um so yeah i'll love the the fact that 
um, technology is kind of on our side in that respect and it's opened up those possibilities for connection with um, the people that are supporting what we do, um, which, you know, wasn't the case 20 years ago. You know, it was um, all letters in the mail and tape trading and all the rest of it. So it's as much as that has its own kind of magic um it's it's unreal i love being able to have that that connection with people and during the hiatus i can imagine there's like a hundred thousand fans around the world who came across your band and to find out that they're not live anymore they're not playing anymore and i know how tragic that is as a fan myself when you stumble upon this amazing band and you just think you're never going to have the opportunity to see them live so what do you think it's been like the reaction to announce that you're coming back that there's you know there's been the new album that you know soon hopefully there will be shows again both from these new fans who have only just discovered you and also from fans who have been around you know for the last 10 15 years or longer really <laughs> yeah we, uh, we hadn't really considered that too much before putting out the last album um i think maybe we didn't want to get our hopes up too high so we we were kind of in the mindset that we've been out of the picture for so long that we've basically become obsolete old news um fingers crossed hopefully there's some people that remembered us from when we were relevant um that will still, you know, be supportive of, of the the new stuff that we're that we're playing around with. So to have, um, yeah, like you say, people who have discovered the band during that time that we've kind of been um, out of out of the picture, we weren't really banking on that being a great deal of people. So we've we were really blown away with these kind of responses popping up around the place, whether it's uh, YouTube um, comment threads or whatever, um, the most random, just all these personalities kind of popping up from different parts of the world saying, oh, I discovered you, I, I discovered this album six years ago and I love this band. I'm so excited that you're back and just thinking, wow, okay, <laughs> awesome cool and they just kind of kept popping up it was a, a enormous surprise for us um because why would you there's there's no reason to think that it that momentum will necessarily continue on without somebody kind of putting it out there in people's faces you know that wasn't being done so i guess ho hopefully that says something about about the longevity of the stuff that the band has created. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean that that is really just the the power of social media and and everything that's there, you know, you can you can be gone but you know it's it's never really, you know, you still got a presence there online. Um, and, and that's kind of a thing that I wanted to ask as well about that hiatus and, you know, how that was for you and just sort of looking at the the evolution of your onstage persona, um, going from the white contact lenses, the the slimy, you know, the grimy paint that you would wear on your face, um, the chains through to the leather, um, the gloves and the, well, slightly terrifying mask um, that comes alongside the shots from Revelator. So how did that affect you, that time away and coming back to the stage with this new persona what was that journey for you from the beginning uh obviously the band had been around for a while they had a they had something going on already and i was kind of the new guy i think we all had the same idea that we can't just kind of this is a big shift in the band's you know evolution so we should honor that and let visually let let that personality come through we we basically kept a degree of what they already had going, so it wasn't too much of a drastic jump from what people knew of this the previous live incarnation. Um, previously to joining, I had been bringing that I'd been uh, really this this kind of filth, dripping, streaked um, sewer creature for um, a while with my old band malignant monster 
that was kind of that that that's how I was presenting myself um, before I joined. The Amento guys' first impression of me as a singer was with Malignant Monster. So they they're um, they were kind of just like uh, that really would work well in this band. Is is there a way we can? Are you keen to make that happen? And um, yeah, so we did, and I kind of brought that aspect of my live visual to what they were doing already kind of mix the two a little bit um but then yeah through the hiatus um a few years into that we kind of started realizing there's no way that with the way that the sound is becoming so much more vast and fine there's there's so much subtle subtle layers going on that we we can't just come out as the same beast that we were when people saw us last time because we're clearly a, a different beast now. To begin with, the mask thing that I brought to the table was was specifically for an, an album artwork concept. Um, that's all it was for, for a, sh- a, sh- a photo. Um, and the, f- the location that I had in mind for this shot was just impossible to find in, in WA and... I didn't really, we didn't have the resources to be able to fund that kind of, you know, for the sake of a photo, you know, there are other ways of coming up with album artwork that's um, maybe less- Costly. Bullshit. <laughs> Costly, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, eventually that visual sort of just, we, we just uh, gave up on it pretty much. Um, but in the meantime, I'd been developing, okay, well, the location's a pain in the ass, but I'll figure it out somehow for now i just need this mask to come to life so that was a whole um a lot of just researching and talking to different special effects artists and learning a lot um and yeah and i've always i've always loved that kind of work i've always loved um visual arts and uh sculpting and drawing i was an artist before i was ever a musician um so it was really fun to have an, an excuse to just get my sink my teeth into some new um some new art a new art project so that was it was it was cool but um at some point we realized this this album cover idea is absolutely not going to happen is it and uh but i got to do something with this thing so um and the 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 guys were all really or really loved what we developed, what I what I developed. So, you know, maybe we can put this to work in, with some other ideas. So, um, and of course, I was immediately coming up with ideas of of ways that we could use this in a music video, which we did. And by the time um, we'd put the first video out, we kind of realised, I think. This might be the. I think this is the the band now. It wouldn't have made sense to to return to the stage with our previous visual. It just wouldn't have made sense at all. So, um, yeah, we were all all excited to to move back to the stage with with a fresh um, a fresh horror. I guess you could call it. Speaking of horrors and uh, video clips, so Twined Towers, please, please tell me that you had earplugs in during that scene, during the filming. I saw those behind-the-scenes shots on Facebook, and I was terrified for you. <laughs> Do you want yeah. to sort of tell us about that, or is that too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, I, I was actually surprised that those those behind behind the scenes sh- shots popped up so quickly because I thought, from where I'm standing, I'm kind of thinking, you don't want people to see, you know, the the tricks behind what is going on. It'll take away the magic of just experiencing it as it is. And it, you know, if people see that, they're just going to watch the video. And all, it's it's hard not it's hard to unsee. The, tr- the tricks, you know. Um, I found it the opposite. Like I watched it and it, then I saw the yeah. photos and I went back and watched it and was like, holy fuck. 
I <laughs> just had a new like yeah. appreciation and also disgust and like not towards you of course but I was just like oh, <laughs> oh. I just got really yeah. icky <laughs> yeah it was so funny because yeah it, it really I was I was completely um my perspective was was just completely incorrect really um and I, I actually because Tim Tim uploaded those and I think I actually messaged I'm pretty sure I messaged him at the time what are you doing we just put this video out and you're just giving away the 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 magic why couldn't you just leave it for a while and he's he was he was kind of from your a bit more from your perspective I, I think this is a it, it this is more likely to kind of I think it's more in, the video is more interesting when you can see the, what was going on. I was like, oh, I don't know about that, but um, but it was hilarious that the response completely changed because from my point of view, it's just what you see is what's happening. Um, I just expected anyone that watched the video was just going to assume, okay, yep, this is um, this is horrific. Why? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> but yeah, as it turns out, it, it the majority of people watching it were assuming that this was just a post um, effects um, thing, hoping, um, hoping that it was for you guess, on your behalf. Yeah, because <laughs> as soon as the those behind the scenes shots got uploaded, all of a sudden there was this big influx of um, of response of. Holy fuck! People sharing the video, and there's and there's um, there's there's all sorts of conversations happening uh, about it, and it, I'm just going, why, why now? <laughs> How is <that laughs> really? But it, as it turns out, it's because no one thought that I was stupid enough to actually have four kilos of maggots tipped on my face. So, so oh wow! Surprise. <laughs> Um, it's real. It wasn't a special <laughs> yeah, effects. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. But yeah. So, so what was the question? Did you have uh, what was? In? <laughs> oh, did I have earplugs in? Uh, that was the part I didn't that need. Me out the most. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Ne- I didn't actually need earplugs because my my ears weren't actually exposed. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, okay. So it would have been. Yep. Okay. It, I feel yeah, calmer they, now. They were they were kind of covered sort of thing the the tricky part was my nostrils which i did have i i'm actually made some custom nose plugs mm. like molded to the inside of my nostril so that yeah good if i'm going to have something to stop maggots from crawling into into my brain um i'll need to make custom ones that can sit in nicely and do the job so I had to fuck around, yeah, pain in the ass. But I got there, um, had them ready to go because the the video starts and ends with my face being completely covered. So, and then, yeah, so the, the sea level of the maggot starts off out here and then slowly sort of recedes down and they drip away and then at the end the level rises and they cover cover me up um so i knew that i'd need to have something to stop them from going up so yeah i i put the nose plugs in but i had no idea how strong um black um soldier fly larvae are their their heads are like these very sharp, very pointy, really strong little things that y- you can just feel them like oh. mo- sh- moving their way up there. They're oh fighters. They really just they're machines. I ha- I already I've always kind of been fascinated by maggots. Um, just their these perfect machines they're they're amazing um so there's always been a kind of a fascination about them but fuck you just don't know how strong they really are until you've got six of them trying to force their way up your your nose um but yeah so they actually managed to work their way past the 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 plugs and um you can feel them sort of just pushing their sharp little heads against the walls of your sinuses and working their way further and further along while I'm just trying to f- focus on doing a good lip sync yeah. 
and remembering the lyrics to a song that I've been fucking, I've just spent seven, eight years recording. <laughs> Should so You'd think I'd, I wouldn't have to think about it, but it seems that when you've got four kilos of maggots on your face, sometimes you get a little bit, you, you forget, you forget some of these things. So, um, yeah, I've got a guy holding a lyric sheet over here as a reference for if I get lost, oh, and I've got, you know, uh, it was it was um, a unique experience. <laughs> the original concept for the video was for it to be a one shot clip. Mm. So in my head, it it worked, but um, there were a lot of there were a lot of factors that would have needed to be on our side for that to work, mm. and we were limited to resources and time and all sorts of things. So we basically got what we could and then went, okay, we're going to have to figure out how to turn this into a music video now because it's not going to work as a one-shot thing. Yep. Um, so I was – and one of the things was that it was very difficult to get a shot of me singing the song from start all the way through to the end without interruptions because the song goes for fucking – over eight minutes and when you've got maggots trying to work their way up your nose eight minutes is a really long time i can imagine so i'd kind of get about halfway through and then notice that they're kind of at this point of no return where i should probably break this now (laughs) and um, get them out so i'd kind of i just have to kind of wave and go all right hang on we've got to sort this out yeah yeah and then i'm blowing my nose with tissues and just checking to see how many maggots are coming out and then just taking five just to see if I can notice any movement going oh my God. behind, you know, in my sinuses. I think I think I'm okay. I don't think there's any left in there. I'm pretty sure they're all gone. Hopefully. Um, I'm just having like this really typical squeamish girl response to all of this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> It's all worthwhile. It's made. It makes it all worthwhile. They're the reactions that really make it worthwhile. Oh, I read a comment. Someone was like, "Yeah, don't don't eat while you're watching it." And I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm fucking glad I did not." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. It's all in all in the name of good fun. The the first shoot actually, this is worth mentioning because this is quite. This is quite comical. The The first attempt at shooting the larvae face shots was a real rush where I didn't – there was prep that I had intended on having done before the shoot and I was just all over the place leading up to that, like madness. To begin with, I was just going to do the f- cheap option and cultivate them myself and that did not go so well. So – I was forced to seek alternatives and managed to find a um, a place in WA that cultivates them for farms for feeding for livestock feed, feeding to chickens and and things. Um, so they were really helpful. That was really cool, and it meant that I could have a a big batch, and they just arrive in a. a, a bag of meal to keep them eating and keep them happy. Did they take them back at the end as well or? No, it was, this is the disaster. The disaster was these arrived on my doorstep and I was really keenly keeping an ear out for the the postie because this shit can't be left in the sun. No. (laughs) Because it's fucking hot and they can't be left in the sun. I know this from my- Past failed attempts. Previous uh, failures. So- but as much as I was listening out, that postie managed to do a sneaky on me and and just leave them out the front. So it was only when I just ha- I happened to go out the front for whatever reason and notice this big bag of maggots sitting in the sun with no idea how long it had been sitting there. So the first thing I have to do is, okay, let's just pick pick them up and just have a feel to see whether there's movement in there. If there's no movement, it's probably a bad sign. So I picked it up. It was roasting, oh. roasting hot, like bullshit, roasting hot. Um, but there was movement. There was just solid movement. I can feel they're they're still moving. It's it's all good. I'll get this in the shade. Hopefully, that's only been sitting there for thirty seconds. Um, but 
I'm thinking to myself, I've got to make sure that before the shoot, I've got to empty them all out, sift out the, the meal to separate the meal from the bugs and get it all nice and prepped so it's ready to go, which I did not get a chance to do. Oh, so no. it ended up being this mad, hectic rush. My um, garage has, has been growing gradually. It's this, The smell was becoming less and less cool as days went by and then finally it, you I'm supposed to be at the shoot in half an hour grab the gear throw it in the car race off to this shoot and I've arrived I'm so sorry ever, everyone I'm I'm late to my own fucking video <laughs> shoot pulling my hair oh out my trying to tie this all together um I've j- just give me 15 minutes I've just got to rip open this bag and sift out the meal from the maggots so we're ready to so they'll look better on camera i don't want them all covered in sawdust kind of looking stuff um so give me a minute and then i open this bag and just this enormous waft of death just comes pouring out filling this entire area it was it just absolutely reeked um because it turns out probably somewhere between 50% to 80% somewhere, I'm not actually sure, had died at some point. Oh, my God. But everyone's in their place. Everything's set to go. I'm not going to be the poor cunt that says, oh, I didn't prep this right, so maybe we'll just have another go some other time. You know, everyone, (laughs) you're all all free to go (laughs) home now. You're there. You're ready to go. Let's do this shit. Yeah. I was like, nah, I'm not. Yeah, let's let's have a go. Hopefully, we can. There's something valuable from the footage we get, and there was, and we it 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 was useful. So it wasn't a complete loss, but it meant that the overall effect of that shoot was absolutely not what I'd envisioned. We'd even scoop up, try and get a, a solid amount of the living ones to drop at the end of setting up the shot, drop them on my face so that at least you can see movement. Mm. But that movement would last about five seconds because the first thing they do is burrow straight down under all the dead ones and there's no more movement. It's just me covered in shit and and rot Um, and mouthing the words to a fucking song, like just... Madness. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, but we pushed through. We got some useful footage, and then and it's a fucking great clip. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I I did end up contacting the the people that had sent those the larvae to me to just at, on a very last sort of just digging the bottom of the barrel, like hoping that maybe they might be able to sort of help me out and just give them my sob story and say, hey, <laughs> shit didn't work out. <laughs> um, seems the postie might have left it, that bag in the sun and it's really changed things a lot. Mm. Um, I'm just writing just on the off chance that you might kind of feel some sympathy for me and wouldn't mind sending me some more. <laughs> so they got back to me and, and said, um, that's that's insane. Um, yeah. How many do you want? Wow. <laughs> I was blown away that they were so accommodating because they've got no reason to be. But I think they just kind of felt like, wow, what would you – why would you do that? And the very at very least, you could end up with – something that worked yeah how many do you want and so i went oh well the same amount would would probably suffice if you're happy with that and they just went yeah um we'll send it out tomorrow no problem you don't need to thank us or anything let's just say good luck and (laughs) all all the best with that (laughs) so um yeah so i had to hit up the uh garth hurley from crt um films um who was shooting to say hey i know that was a little bit um traumatic for you guys doing that first shoot but is there any chance you'd be up for another round this time i'll do the prep i promise i'll do the prep and um he just his his response was basically well if you 
can handle the idea of going back into that, then I guess I should probably just step up and, yeah, if you can do it, I'll do it again. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. All right, good. We've got a deal. Go team. Yeah, so. That, that yeah. is, I did not expect any of that. So, that is a story and a half. So, thank you for telling uh, me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a I lot was. of stories. There's a lot of, there's a lot of this shit. I just forget it because you kind of, one, one project, one project's finished and then there's another one that you've got to get moving with and, um, yeah, but it, it's good fun when, you know, there's some little spark that triggers one of these things because it's a shame for them to go to waste because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> well. at least someone can have a laugh at my expense if nothing if nothing else. So. I'm sure they'll feel the same way I did and just thinking like, holy shit, that is, that is a new level of commitment as far as I am concerned. <laughs> so, I, yeah, speechless, speechless. Um, but, but speaking of that as well, I, I did see this incredible shot um, from Dark Mofo of you just like ripping off the mask and it's like this rageful release and it just looked really cool on, on that. But like, is it difficult to sing in the mask? Like, how do you find that on stage? Because I know the rest of the guys wear it as well. So, what, what's that kind of like? Um, now that you've added it to your stage persona? It's definitely not something that I really prefer. Um, it is, it's it's tricky because, yeah, you, you, you're just blasting air into this thing that's just holding a lot of hot air. So it's, it's not fun. Um, it's it, credit to the other guys in the band for actually wearing them for the whole set, mm. um, which I know is no, you, you know, the, the the amount of bands that have have come and gone using masks as their shtick is, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. One one reason I tore it, I tear it off is because on one side, actually, to be honest, it's really just the fact that I can't perform a hundred percent if you can't see my face. Mm. Um, and I love the effect. I love the that surreal um, effect of these ghoulish humans in the, in this odd sort of group pouring this sonic terror out onto an, an audience. It's a it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But um, I feel like a lot of my performance is actually in in my face, mm. and not just my facial expression um and that's not and that's not an ego thing that's not a oh i want everyone to see my pretty face it's i'm so much of the expression of the music comes through in 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 my face so when you take that out of the picture and we've got this michael myers kind of deadpan thing happening as much as i love that the effect um you were also missing a lot of of um, other great work that's just kind of going on, but no one's getting to see it, so it's kind of a waste. I like, I, f- I feel like I'm connecting more to a crowd when they can see my face. So I'd much rather that be the case. I feel like I'm connecting to them more. Um, it's like when you're wearing dark sunglasses and uh, or and having a conversation with someone, or the the other way around, you're having a conversation with someone wearing dark sunglasses, and you feel like you can't really, you don't, you're not really connecting with them 100 percent because you don't really because you can't see their eyes alone. It creates a kind of disconnect. Like I'm not sure where you're at. And it's uh, there's there's jokes that you might not recognise as being sarcastic, or there's that you miss so much. So um, I feel like that expression is more valuable than the effect of the the mask itself. So I didn't want to ditch the idea completely. So I still walk out with it, but I wasn't interested in in the idea of that being a constant throughout the whole set. Mm. I think it works really well that the other members do keep that because it it it, like in the the video in the first um video that we put out the seer money clip this um uh, this this ghoulish character kind of telling this story with these these um grotesque kind of henchmen smoking cigarettes um in the background and um with this deadpan kind of thing happening i I really enjoyed the way that that came through as um, I'd hoped it would in that clip. And to be able to bring that kind of feel to the the, the stage was, was a 
really cool thing, really, really exciting change for us. But yeah, credit where credit's due to the other members because uh, it it is shit <laughs> to play to play music that's that precise and extreme and be so kind of limited by this suffocating thing. Um, so yeah. I really admire those guys for pushing through and mm. committing. It's very cool. It just sounds like a new level of just dedication to your craft. I mean, especially, you know, talking about the maggots, talking about the masks, like to put yourself through that, mm. to to give this performance. And, and even if you think that the mask does take away from the emotion and from those facial expressions, I'm sure it still brings a very different level of intensity to the audience. Yeah, I think that dynamic was more valuable than just – committing to the one thing yeah. for, for an entire set because a few songs in, you sort of, okay, I've, I get this now. And what was it like coming back on stage for Dark Mofo? Is that that's the only gig you've been able to do since this year? or That is the only gig we've been able to play, sadly. Um, yeah. It was a great show to come back to, to you know, for our, our ret- return to be um, at such a fantastic festival was really perfect and I'm glad that it was um, mm. in – our first show back was in Australia and at Dark Mofo particularly. Um, it was strange in the sense that we've not played in the theatre before. Yeah. So um, that dynamic that we're used to of the audience being – you basically pressed up against the audience for the show was completely – taken out of the picture so we're now on our own with these kind of um this this big seated room so new new territory for us but it was i think there was it was actually kind of exciting just for this the fact that it was out of our comfort zone i think that's one thing that um all of us have in common and it's and, and it's why we continue doing what we do and why what we do keeps changing and and evolving is because we we are we do have so much uh, excitement around the unknown and new territory and being out of our comfort zone discomfort is just is a really wonderful thing um, and it's something we all really, enjoy with music and why we listen to so much um, difficult listening kind of extreme music and, and want to find our own voice in creating um, experiences that take people out of familiarity and, and have that feeling of unsafeness like oh where am I I'm not sure what this what this world is um, and there's something exciting about being kind of having your, your cage shaken up and being taken out of your comfort zone so yeah even even though there was that kind of some degree of disconnect because it's a theatre um, there was an excitement there as well that, that probably influenced the way that we the way that we um, composed ourselves for that show. So it was a really special show. So after the extensive touring both across Australia and internationally and then now having been in isolation for so long, do you think you're going to approach um, touring di- differently this time around? Like are there any things you've taken away from your experiences before that you either would or wouldn't repeat or anything differently you want to do um, coming back to the stage? Oh, great question. Uh, things we would or wouldn't do differently touring-wise. Not really. Not that Not that I can think of. I'm kind of stumped, to be honest. Uh, I'm, we're, all I can tell you is that we're all just as passionate about throwing ourselves back out there into that world. Um, would we do anything differently? Probably just being. I think we're probably just at a point where we might be a little bit, a little bit pickier about what we say yes to. In the past, it's always been very much. Um, it's been a lot more gung ho and kind of just throwing yourself out there, jumping on, jumping on things that pop up. 
I think we're just at different points in our lives now where none of us can really afford to be just kind of have that kind of reckless um, approach to just throwing yourself into whatever presents itself. It's a little bit more, oh, yeah, but how how much difference, how much, how valuable is this opportunity in the grand scheme of things? Is is it is it worth the rigmarole of actually doing this? Because yeah, it, expense is always the um, the biggest pain in the ass. The 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 amount of bands that I've I've played shows with or toured with or or met along the way that are artists that have have been um, big names in this field for decades and decades and it's not that we it's not that I ever assume that someone that that these people are in really secure well-off kind of living situations but I have been really surprised on numerous occasions with with guys in the, in that at that kind of um that kind of level that to to discover that they're you know in the exact same they're, it, yeah still they're, renting they're, oh, <laughs> still all sorts of things like still paying off loans all wow, sorts yeah like, yeah when you know stories like um and I, I won't name names but yeah the, there's there's artists I've, I've kind of worshipped since I was a kid that you end up touring with them and then find out that oh yeah when I'm when I'm not touring I'm I'm um collecting collecting shit from um uh thrift shops like you know uh secondhand stores and um selling them on eBay trying to make a few dollars looking for kind of unique shit buying it for bugger all and then selling it for a bit more and that's kind of just like a hobby thing that manages to keep the ball rolling until the next tour what the fuck really you've written riffs that you know alone should grant you not having to deal with this bullshit um because you yeah. know that these the the riffs and the songs and or, or whatever um that are just you've just influenced so many people's lives f- over the course of you know 30 years or f- whatever whatever it might be how is it this is just but that's the world we live in that's the way that society is structured it's not supportive of creative arts in general and th- mm. that's a very general statement and i know that there are organizations that put money towards trying to support artists and small business but as an overall statement, uh, an overall kind of uh, structure, it really um, is not in. F- it it hasn't been in favour of of artists for a long time. No, no, and that's why I'm in marketing and I'm yeah. a musician. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> I from my father's, you know, experiences. I, I grew <laughs> yeah. up, grew up, yeah. you know, watching that, yeah. and you know, people just assuming that, oh, yeah, you know, this is a beautiful house. You know, your parents own it. Yeah. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. still renting. <laughs> yeah. know, we don't know yeah. any of this shit. Like, you know, it's just that, I don't know. It, it, it's funny from both a fan perspective and, and both for the musicians. It's a, yeah, it's a really interesting conundrum. Yeah. I guess. And it's a, it, it's, it's a really weird kind of, um, yeah, it's a really strange thing because the more you're, the more people are familiar with what you do and the, the more known the music is, the more people seem to have these false perceptions of who these artists are and some people kind of will even hold it against you a little bit like um yeah it's it's a it's a it's yeah, a strange I, I thing you know what i'm getting at yeah it's a it's a it's a tricky yeah. it's, it's, thing there's a fine line of trying to explain it without yeah. sounding like an asshole, and also <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, that's that is what it is, I guess. You know, yeah, mm. it is what it is. Well, back to um, less less depressing <laughs> things. Cool. I mean, <laughs> is there is there anywhere that you are dying to go to? Like, if you could tour anywhere in the world, where would it be? 
I couldn't say there's any specific. I mean, a lot of these um, well-established uh, metal festivals that have been around for a long time would all be a joy to to jump on. But as as far as places go, I, that I would admit that I do kind of have a calling. Um, I would really love to be able to play shows in Canada again. Um, we particularly had some really amazing connections and, and responses over there. Um, Italy's another place that I've, I've got a real calling to, to return to. Um, there's a bit of family heritage somewhere down the line that I think is that there's this funny kind of connection to Italy that I've always kind of had. Um, and we've, and we've had some really amazing, again, connections and response, like just amazing electric kind of connections with people over there. Uh, and I would love to play. There's a few places in the States I would love to return to. Um, we've, we've never played. We've actually never played in Scandinavia at all. Um, yeah, wow. I've I've been to Inferno Festival a couple of times, um, but I've not actually played in anywhere in um, Scandinavia, and that that's something I think would be fun to be able to play shows over there at some point. Um, at the end of the day, fucking put me on a stage and whatever, anywhere. like just let's go, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. No, no. Um, I'm I'm not particularly concerned about where we play. I just want to get back on stage. So God, I just want to get back in yeah. an audience. Sorry. I just <laughs> yeah. cannot wait till that day that I'm finally like in a pit, just yeah, losing my shit yep. once more. Yep. Like I just cannot wait. It's funny where yeah, we're in our own bubble in WA where we've. You guys are like the lucky ones. Well, in in, <laughs> in, a way. in some ways, yes. From Sydney, from Sydney, on the outside looking in, you guys yeah, feel like I get the lucky it. ones. I totally seen, understand. You know, gigs still yeah. go ahead, and you know, e- even through my work, you know, we can still put on concerts there, and and yeah, it just sort of seems like you guys yeah. have it a little bit better, but I, I'm sure it's not necessarily yeah, the to, case to some extent for sure. Absolutely, um, but yeah, let's let's hope we can work this out, <laughs> get through this bullshit at some point. Yes, oh, hopefully mm. soon. But it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, Likewise. this evening. I know we're in different time zones, so it's it's nighttime for me and probably early evening for you. Um, but I just thought I would check where is the best place that people can find you online? How can they support your work? Um, where would you tell them to go? What what, what do you want them to check out? <laughs> if there's if, if if there is anyone that really and we I do get this a lot every you know every now and then these these really amazing connections with with there are just so many incredible people out there who um continue to surprise me with their level of commitment to keeping what we're doing alive um and yeah every now and then we i get this kind of energy from people like i've already got i've already got this i've got the album um how else can I kind of support you guys? Like, I just want to be involved in keeping this going because I want to hear the next album. I want to see this band live. Um, you know, some some people haven't seen us live and they, they just want to support us to make sure they get an opportunity to see us live at some point. So the best thing I can throw out there is um, honestly, number one, um, finding us on Bandcamp um, and just going through there, going through the Bandcamp page and getting involved, you know, go nuts, do, do what you can. Um, even if it's just, even if it's just uh, downloading the free shit that we've got on there, download it. If, if you haven't heard it yet, Download it all. Like grab grab all the all the free shit that's there. Some of it is <laughs> there's a lot of free content. Rip it. And if you like one thing out of anything that you dig up on there, you know, sh- share it. Play it to someone. Um, so Bandcamp is a, a big one for us. And also just 
just the and this is really under uh, people really underestimate how much of a difference it makes actually connecting and following our different platforms so youtube for example yeah following the amenta on youtube makes a big difference to us like it real they, these things make a difference following us on spotify there is exposure that we can at least um, get through that platform which we might not have otherwise so th- there's pros and cons of every of all this shit um but you know yeah there, there's, there's, there's people out there that have, that have kind of gone. Oh, you know, I, to be honest, I don't own any of your stuff because I've, I've, some young crew don't buy CDs or vinyl. Um, so that is mm. their hundred percent. That they don't really. That's that's their their world as listeners. So, and that's cool. Whatever. That's all good. Um, but yeah, every now and then a comment will come up about something like this and we oh, I, I, I've, I've, I've got familiar with with your albums but um kind of feel bad because uh, I just listened through Spotify and I don't even have a CD player or a turntable so I'm not just gonna buy shit for the sake of support, <laughs> supporting the band just so I've got this thing that I don't even use um, and the the best thing I can throw out there to anyone that's in that kind of world is Oh, cool! Just follow us on Spotify. That would actually really make a huge difference. So, if you're listening to us on Spotify, follow us on there. If you're watching videos on YouTube, follow us on there. Um, it's not like you click that button and then you're going to start getting smashed with um, Amenta ads, or you're not going to have it. It 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 actually just makes a big difference for us. Um, so, two best things I can throw out there is one. Check out our Bandcamp and just f- f- rip rip it to shreds. Um, and two, follow us on whatever platforms you're checking us out on. That would be amazing. And I will pop all of those links um, below this transcript and below the podcast so everyone can find them and follow you on all of those channels. And thank you again once more for, for having a chat with me today. It's been incredible. And hopefully it won't be another 10 years until I see you in person again. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's keep those fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Oh, my God. Um, and, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Thank you. See ya. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you're keen to hear future episodes, please follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen right now. You can get in touch and find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Heavy Corner. Or you can check out the website at www.theheavycorner.com. The episode is recorded, edited, and transcribed by me. A special thanks to Dan Gibbons for writing this music. And of course, thank you to our incredible guests.